some of the work that we do at Monetigo is focused around more complex financial transactions, business to business transactions. So issuing commercial paper, bank guarantees, bonds, letters of credit, things like that. These are incredibly complex uh, transactions that uh, usually have about six, seven, eight different parties in it from depositories to investors to issuing paying agents, things like that, and a commercial paper transaction. And today, a lot of these transactions have to happen paper-based to be legally binding. In India, we did a issuance of commercial paper, one of the first digital issuance of commercial paper in Asia. And it was the first time that paper didn't physically get shipped from issuer to the issuing and paying agent to the repository to the registrar and transfer agent, what have you. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of what we mean in terms of digitizing financial workflows, uh, making it so that we actually eliminate paper, which surprisingly to me uh, to date uh, is, is still quite uh, heavily used in business to business transactions. We're quite used to digital banking on our phones and what have you. Uh, we can do pretty much anything we want as consumers, but on the business side of things, uh, it's still quite uh, quite heavy on paper and, and what have you. But this is a trend that one could identify as existing prior to the pandemic. It is going to pick up speed, though, isn't it? Definitely. You know, you've seen different trade networks and different trade platforms, uh, whether they be government initiatives like the network trade platform in Singapore or Trade Trust or different things like that. You've seen uh, Contour, Marco Polo, what have you want. So that was, it was definitely something that, 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 was, that, that was happening. It's kind of long overdue. But I think the pandemic, you know, especially with, with people being isolated, locked down in India, for instance, you know, all of these complex transactions still needed to be wet side. The bottom line is that given the remote working world that we're in, a paper-based system is unfit for purpose. Exactly. What do we need to do? How do you get people to sign on for something that is a digital system? So, I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, obviously moving parts. Um, you know, we've done a lot of business process automation, I think, uh, internally at different companies. Uh, but we don't have sort of an Uber business process management system. That's kind of what we've, we've looked at DLT as in, in some cases as, as having that capability to connect different core banking systems, ERP systems, different constituents to a transaction and what have you. So, so that, that, that's obviously a challenge is, is all the integration work uh, or working with these different um, types of entities and, and systems. But, you know, I think the, the, the bigger piece as well um, is also just getting regulatory buy-in. Like bank guarantees, for instance, in India, they could be up to 10 years in terms of, of the, their length or what have you. But the digital signatures in India can only be legally binding for three years. So there's all these little tricky gotchas in making sure that these things are 100% sound from a legal perspective and also from a regulatory perspective. Now, it's interesting, and you did make this point, that we seem to be further down the digital track as far as retail finance is concerned. Why is it that business has lagged, business finance and business finance regulation has lagged behind retail finance? I'm obviously no, no super expert on this. From a lot of perspectives, uh, it's, it's been this technical sort of divide from, you know, we've got, like I said, we've, we've done very well from a uh, internal automation side of things, digitizing things, um, uh, hopefully moving away from using Excel as a management system uh, in a lot of different companies, ERPs and Salesforce automation, things like that. But it's, it's always been a challenge in terms of how do you get these different systems to talk to each other. Um, so APIs opening up different custom integration standards, set around messaging formats, things like that. So, I, you know, I think it's be, because it's, it's a lot more complex. You're talking about millions or billions or dollars 
people have just sort of looked at it and said, well, it's working now. I think it was about two years ago. I was at Credit Suisse in, in New York on, on Madison Avenue there. And uh, one of the fellows in the digital side told me that they still send about 20 or 30,000 faxes a day in and out of, out of there for their, for, for their different transactions. So I think it's, a lot of it's been inertia. It's not break, don't fix it. Um, the overall costs relative to uh, the issuance of these different things probably it's, it's minimal. So it's it you know I think it's just kind of been overlooked for the, for the most part. And then also because like I say, uh, because of the regulations around things, it's a lot harder to change change a process on the on the on the commercial side than it is I think on the retail side. Well, let's talk about the processes. They need to be overhauled not just because of the pandemic issues, not just because of health reasons, but the security as well. Is it the case that one reason people haven't moved is because they think fax is more secure than internet? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there is some some comfort, I think, in a a lot of people. It's like, uh, why why still people have landlines at home, um, you know, old telephone lines. But, but, you know, I think that the security aspect of it, and this comes back to something that uh, actually the folks at Hyperledger work on, and I think it's been a big, big thing in the digital spaces, is uh, down to identity. So how do you how do you properly identify someone digitally? That's, you know, a, a, a still a big challenge. Uh, in India, uh, we're lucky. We, we rely on a couple different government-sponsored initiatives like Adahar, um, where we can do two-factor authentication of a person's phone to actually digitally identify them then use that as a uh, mechanism to sign things. In my estimation, identity is, is the biggest thing holding uh, stuff back from being truly digital, corporate identity, personal identity. What needs to be done to change that? Well, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a tough challenge, even as, as we're working on, you know, within different sort of ecosystems, what have you, issuing commercial paper in India or bank guarantees or, you know, you know different things like that or, you know, what other, other people like Contour and, and Marco Polo have done with letters of credit and what have you. Those those seem like massive challenges. Uh, when you start to talk about identity and sort of the concept of a self-sovereign identity where you know you can you you basically own it. It's not owned by a government. You apply your driver's license, your bank card, your passport, all things like that to it. That's work that's been ongoing, but there's obviously issues around standards, privacy, how do you access that? In, again, going back to India, Adahar has been, uh, I think, a very interesting initiative around digital identity. There's still work to go. You know, I think, more, again, the, the biggest piece there would be how is it truly self-sovereign? How is it private? Uh, how is it secured? Uh, and then how does it scale? How does it interoperate with governments? And it's not just a in a financial services uh, perspective. This is a more global issue. One way of gaining acceptance, of course, for digitization and, and getting businesses to be proactive in taking this forward is to demonstrate the benefits to them. What are the benefits and how do we demonstrate it? So, I mean, um, the obvious one that, that, that typically comes up is, is cost. If you're not physically shipping documents around, if you're not having people um, manually reviewing items, if you're able to do that with smart contracts to validate that, that things are uh, correct and, and the way that they should be, um, you obviously have efficiencies there. The other piece is, is also information sharing. We, we learned from uh, one of the credit rating agencies that we worked with for our, our issuance of commercial paper in India that one of their pain points is actually just finding out what the ISA number, the issuance number was uh, from the issuer so they can update it in their records so they can keep their, everything consistent. And, you know, in, in the traditional manner of things, they wind up calling the issuer, calling the issuer, calling the issuer for two weeks to try and get access to that. 
to our platform, they just log in, boom, they get the data they can pull right into their system. So there's access to data. I think this is obviously um, inf information access is, is a very big benefit. And then again, it, uh, it comes back to because we validate things with smart contracts as we go through certain processes, it eliminates uh, human error. So from an audit regulatory perspective, they don't have to worry that someone has made a mistake or, or something worse in terms of fraud or what have you. So I think those, those, those would be the top ones, sort of cost and efficiency, access to information and data, and then also, um, you know, just sort of regulatory compliance and making sure that there is no chance uh, for fraud or error. And from your business perspective, what are you trying to do? We've got a couple of different uh, pieces that we work on. You know, obviously, we're very financial services focused. We feel like there are a number of different really unserved or untapped uh, areas of the financial marketplace that, you know, could benefit from that digitization. So it's somewhat mundane. Uh, you know, I was at a CoinDesk conference a couple of years ago right when everyone was raising ICOs and, you know, blowing $50 million out of, the, out of, the, out of thin air. And, uh, you know, they'd, they'd sort of say, well, what do you do? And I'd be like, well, we, we, we help uh, digitize workflows. You know, we basically help eliminate paper. It's not, it's not super exciting, but there's a ton of opportunity out there. And then I think as you, as you start to really move things these way, it does help to democratize banking. It does help to bring down costs. It ultimately trickles down to consumers. So I like to think from my perspective, there's some altruistic side of it where um, you know, ultimately we are benefiting uh, making this, this system that is super complex a little less so.